Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Winning Side Podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. It is God's desire for His people to experience victory and to live on the winning side each and every day. We are so glad that you have joined us today and pray you will be blessed as you listen to today's edition of The Winning Side with Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. Thank you for joining us today. It is Tuesday, August 17th, and we welcome you to our Winning Side broadcast. Those that are listening, On the radio, 95.9 FM, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Those watching on Facebook, those listening on our podcast, and those on our radio app, we welcome all of you. And uh, probably you listen the same way every day, but it is nice with a few different options. If you don't have a radio nearby, you can do it online, or if you don't have your computer or smartphone nearby, you can turn on the radio, but I hope it's a blessing. And we're thankful that you're listening, and uh, I hope that you'll tell someone about this broadcast every day, Monday through Friday at noon, and then we also do a replay uh, that same day at 6 o'clock in the evening, and so we thank you for listening today. Happy birthday today to Caitlin Pierce, uh, Barbara Taylor, and Ruth Wester. Happy birthday to you, and then a happy anniversary to Jimmy and Lois Rowell. I hope you folks have a great day. We were joking on Sunday Uh, Last year, I put Brother Jimmy on the spot during the service, and I try not to do that too often. Yeah, it's not very nice, fellas, is it, when, you know, somebody puts you on the spot and they say, how many years you've been married or whatever, but I got Brother Jimmy and I said, uh, how many years, and he was quick. I don't, he must have known I was going to ask because he said, "Uh, not long enough. Now, fellas, that's a good answer. When somebody asks how long you've been married, and maybe if you're not sure exactly the number, you say not long enough, and that just sounds so so sweet and so thoughtful and so loving and caring. And uh, he had no sooner got those words out of his mouth, and Miss Lois, uh, she responded by saying, too long. And of course, everybody laughed, and we were kidding. But if you know Brother Jimmy, there may have been a little truth to that, because Brother Jimmy, he is a nut. And uh, we love to pick on him, but uh, they've been married 59 years today. Uh, Happy anniversary. And then we had um, Albert and Teresa Etheridge and Wayne and Becky Askew. They were, all three of those couples were in the early service. And um, the Askews and the Etheridges, uh, 55 years uh, this week. And that's amazing. And we had others. Those are not the only ones I know, but it's amazing to have all these uh, these folks been married for so many years. That's a great testimony. And uh, we are thankful for so many of our uh, folks in our church who have been in church a long time, served God a long time, many of whom have been uh, married. And for some of you, uh, your spouse is with the Lord. And if uh, the Lord had not taken your spouse, you'd have that many years. And so I certainly don't say that to say that uh, everyone does it the same way. But like I preached Sunday night, we must run with patience the race that is set before us. And your race and my race will be different. But just keep your eyes on Jesus and keep running the race. Uh, we've had a good start to Victory Christian Academy today is our second day, and we're so thankful for all the students and all of our teachers and parents and just all the work that's gone into it. Thank you to our church family. And uh, be in prayer for uh, the students at Victory Christian Academy this week. This is their start date. And then um, 
next week, next Monday, most of the schools start. So be in prayer for all those students and teachers as well. And let's pray for our church. Uh, pray for our missionaries. Uh, let's pray for our country. Uh, boy, we need uh, prayers uh, for our country. Uh, pray for our military. Pray for our law enforcement officers and uh, healthcare workers and pray that God would bless them. I want you to hear this song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And you'll enjoy this song. And uh, it is sweet if, you, if you've never experienced what it's like to trust Jesus. I'm not just talking about for salvation, although if you've never been saved, you need to trust Jesus with your eternity. Uh, you need to, uh, by faith, uh, put your trust in Jesus Christ. That's the only way you'll be saved. But once you get saved, uh, every day we ought to learn how to trust God. There's a lot of things we don't see, a lot of things we can't figure out, but I'm glad that we can trust Jesus. And you'll enjoy this great song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And after the song, we'll be in Proverbs 13 for our Bible study. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to
hope you enjoyed that song. And uh, I, we try to play a variety of, of songs. We've got some that are solos and some that are duets and trios and quartets and choirs and all that. But uh, I hope that song was a blessing to you. And I hope you'll take that song with you and think about it uh, throughout the day today. Proverbs 13, we have seen in this chapter, we talked about, uh, it's been over a week ago now, the root of the righteous. And then we looked at in this chapter, we looked at a few different uh, truths. We talked about companions, our friends, and, and choosing our friends wisely. And then we talked about our children and our responsibility to our children. And then we've talked about correction. Uh, boy, I don't like correction, but I need correction. Now, we all do, and we need to allow the Word of God and allow uh, people that God has placed in our lives to help us and to instruct us and to give us correction. We talked about the commandment, the Word of God, and uh, how, how do we respond to it? Do we receive it or do we despise it? I hope we receive the commandments of the Lord. And then our conversation, our words are so important. And then we talked about our, uh, not our contention, I hope you're not a contentious person, but the fact that uh, sometimes we have contention and it can always be ba ba uh, tra uh, traced back to pride. Only by pride cometh contention, the Bible says. And then we talked about contentment. And uh, may God help us to be content. Uh, be content with what you have. Um, the enemy of contentment, I feel like I say it so many times, the enemy of contentment is comparison. You're always comparing with somebody else. You're never going to be content. Just be content with what God has given you. Today, I want to talk about character. And you say, yeah, pastor, I know a character. I'm not talking about that kind of character. I'm talking about the kind of character that we all need uh, to have in our lives on a daily basis. It says in Proverbs 13, verse number four, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now that word sluggard there is talking about a person who is habitually lazy. They are idle and they are inactive. I'm not talking about you, you work you know, 50, 60 hours a week and you just try to come home and take a power nap or you're going between jobs or you, you, you work all week and you're busy Saturday getting everything done and you go to church Sunday and Sunday afternoon you take a little nap and you say, oh, I feel like I'm a lazy person. No, you're not lazy. You need to rest and we all need to rest. But I'm talking about a person that is habitually lazy, someone that is idle, someone that is inactive, uh, someone uh, that is lazy. That's the word uh, we, we use for that. But a sluggard, the Bible says, desireth and hath nothing. A lazy person, oh, I want this, and I wish I had this, and oh, I, I really would love this. But if, if a lazy person never works, they're not going to get those things. They're not going to be able to accomplish those things. The verse goes on to say, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. That word fat literally means to be rich, wealthy, uh, abounding in spiritual grace and comfort. That's a good thing here in this passage. You say, well, I'm trying to lose weight. Well, maybe so, but we're talking about in a spiritual sense. We're talking about uh, uh, the blessings that come, and that's what this word is used to describe. The soul of the diligent, not the lazy, not the sluggard, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The Bible tells us in verse number 11, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor, that's work, 
Uh, that's not being lazy. He that gathereth by labor shall increase. Verse number 19, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination for, uh, to fools to depart from evil. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. Uh, you have a project you're working on, and maybe it's a project you know that project is going to take you all night, or it's going to take you all day, or it's going to take you, uh, you know, a week or whatever, or you, you work on it one day a week for a month, and it's a big project, and you get that project done. Oh, whew, that's a sigh of relief. You're, you get it done, and it's accomplished, and boy, that is sweet to the soul, is it not? Can I tell you, a lazy person will never know that feeling. A lazy person will never experience the joy and the satisfaction of a job that is completed. Uh, God wants us to have character. God wants us to work. God wants us to be disciplined. God wants us to, to do what we should and what we can do. About, I say, 10 years ago, it was maybe a little bit less than that, but there was a big controversy. I remember reading some things online and, and somebody made the statement. They said, you know, we live in a country where more people are on welfare than are actually working. That was the statement that was made. I'm not saying that's accurate, but, but hear me out. But more people are, are on welfare than people that are working. By the way, uh, that's not going to work. That's not, that's not going to last very long. Uh, because there's no motivation for people to work if all of their money is taxed away. And by the way, if, if, if you are, are, are disabled or you have uh, some kind of a, a handicap or something like that, I'm not saying that you're a lazy person because you don't work like somebody else. I'm talking about able-bodied people that could be working and they're just too lazy. They'd rather have a handout than go and work for something. But here was my issue with that whole article that came out and people were saying, well, that's not true and that's not correct and those numbers are misleading. But I'll tell you what to me was a problem was the fact that that's even a conversation, that it was even close. Can I tell you, if you are able to work, you ought to work. If you uh, have uh, the ability uh, to get up in the morning and to get out of bed and to use your hands and to use your feet and to use your mind and to, to do something, you are missing out on a blessing by sitting home doing nothing when you could be accomplishing something. That's what it says in verse 19, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. One person said this, it's not in the Bible, but one person said this, he said, I found out that the harder I work, the luckier I get. Can I tell you, there, is, there are Bible principles that teach us that God blesses hard work. Uh, you look through the Bible, I don't see where God ever used a lazy person. I see where God used some people with some sins and God used some people that uh, had to get right and uh, had to uh, make some changes in their life, but I don't see in the Bible where God used a lazy person. Remember when Jesus was going to get his disciples? He didn't go find people that were doing nothing. He went and found some people that were busy doing something and he, he uh, enlisted them into his service as his disciples. Hear me out on this, but I would rather work and not have as much than to not work and have a whole lot. Now, you, if you're listening and, and you, you think I misspoke, let me repeat that again. I want to make sure you hear it. I would rather work and not have as much than to not work and have a whole lot. 
You say, well, why would you say something like that? Wouldn't you rather just sit at home and do nothing and have a lot more? Absolutely not. And here's why. There is a satisfaction and there is a fulfillment that comes from work. God has commanded for us to work, uh, to be busy, to labor, to serve. Uh, Six days shalt thou work, the Bible says, and do all thy labor. And then the seventh day, we're commanded to rest. But six days, we're supposed to be busy doing something. Our children need to learn how to work. Our children, we, we can't wait until they're 14 or 15 or 16 to teach them how to work. We need to teach them how to work when they're young. Give them responsibilities. Give them some jobs. And can I tell you, children... Children will thrive if you give them something to do and something that they can accomplish. In a church, we must work. Many churches, it seems like the majority of the people come and don't do anything. And then there's a small percentage of people that do all the work. Now, I'm happy to tell you at our church, uh, there are a lot of people. There's a, a huge percentage of people that do serve and are working and are doing so much. But I want to tell you this. Uh, there is a work to do for God. The ministry is referred to, I think it's the book of Ephesians, it says the work of the ministry. Jesus came and he said, I must work the works of him that sent me. The Bible says it is good for a man to bear the yoke or to bear the burden in his youth. It's good even as a young person to have some responsibility and to work. God created Adam. And God placed Adam in a garden and he gave him the job, the responsibility to care for that garden. I want to tell you, the Bible is very clear. It tells us that if a man does not work, he should not eat. Those are pretty serious words right there. But here's here's why we need to understand that. Because God has intended for us and God has designed for us to work. Can I tell you, when we work, I'll tell you who else will work, God will work. When we will do our best and we'll say, God, I've done the very best I can, there are some things we cannot do. But can I tell you, when you do all that you can do and you trust God and say, God, I need you, I've done all I can do, but I can't do this or I can't figure this out, that's when God steps in and God blesses. I'm thankful God blesses our efforts. God blesses our labor. And I hope you'll serve God today. I hope you teach your children how to work. And I hope that we as adults, I hope we'll be diligent at the workplace, at the job. Uh, Don't be lazy at the job. Uh, Don't be looking for ways to to cut out early or to skip out on your work or to, uh, to, to lie on your time card or whatever. Oh, no, no. Look for ways that you can serve and ways that you can work. And I promise you will find a satisfaction and a fulfillment from work that you will not find from being lazy. May God bless you today. Let's live on the winning side. And thank you so much for tuning in on this day. I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Thank you for joining us today on the Winning Side podcast with Jeremy Coburnett, pastor of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. If today's episode encouraged you in your Christian life, Would you consider sharing this daily podcast with a friend, a neighbor, maybe a family member, or a coworker? We are grateful for your help in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. If we can ever be a help to you in any way, please let us know by calling or texting us at 252-308-4600. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to having you join us again next time on The Winning Side Podcast 
with Jeremy Coburnett.